Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Today is February 1st, the first day of Black History Month. Over the course of this month, I'll be sharing with you terrifying tales featuring some incredible Black horror writers, along with tales inspired from submissions. As I often say, horror is life. And here at Something Scary, we embrace passing that torch through different cultures and point of views. From famous urban legends to anecdotes told around the campfire, continue your journey with me into 2022. First, desperate times call for desperate measures, followed by tortured spirits. Then, danger waiting at your door. Finally, in our featured story, a tale of Candyman, a horrific urban legend. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarl. So, want to hear something scary? Black History Horror and Urban Legends Our first story, Last Minute was written by Tracy Cross, 
Her forthcoming first book, Root Work, will be published in 2022. Sometimes it's hard to make the right choice, the safe decision, but you should also listen to your intuition. When the school year began, my mom set a schedule for me to walk to school with my friend Keisha. Today, she was late. Before I knew it, I was 15 minutes late. I ran to the door, and it snowed that morning. I ran around the house, hurrying to find my second pair of socks. I ran to the bathroom and put Vaseline on my face. I pulled on my boots and pictured myself walking across the frozen tundra. I hated walking alone, but I could be brave. I walked the usual path, looking for signs of life, signs of Keisha's footprints. There were none. I walked down and up some hills. My eight-year-old legs were tired and bogged down by boots. I looked up ahead, and it seemed like school was forever away. The winter cold was biting. I sat on the bench and tried not to cry. I was going to be late to school. Something pulled up and stopped in front of me. It was a huge blue van. The front door opened, and I heard a voice tell me to get in. My eyes were blurry. All I could see was a hand beckoning me to get in the van. Come on, let me give you a ride. It's too cold to be walking, the voice said. I can't, I said. My parents' voices screamed in my head to not get into the van. My teacher's voices yelled at me about stranger danger. Whatever, kid. Maybe next time. I saw the hand reach over and close the door. My feet felt like ice cubes. My legs felt stiff. It can't be that bad. Wait! I jumped up. It's just up the street. I hoisted myself into the van, said thank you, and glanced at the person driving. He looked dirty. He didn't wear a coat, but a really thick shirt, jeans, and work boots. The van smelled like bleach. When I looked in the back of the van, there was nothing there. No tools, no ladders, nothing. I saw what looked like a bottle of bleach in the corner. It rolled back and forth real slow. This was a bad idea. He locked the doors. I swallowed hard over the knot in my scarf. The van crept away from the curb. He reached for the radio and slowly scrolled through the stations. You like this song? He asked. Great song. All the kids like it. He patted the steering wheel. I started thinking about all the bad things, like my mother crying on the news. My father yelled at the sky and my little sister cried because I was gone. I started shaking. It was boiling in the van and I started sweating. My school is that way, I pointed. Eh, this way is faster. He turned right. My school was on the left. My brain was going in a million different directions. This was a bad guy. Something bad always happens with bad guys. I felt it. I tried to unbuckle my backpack to leave a piece of paper in the van. Someone would find the paper and they would figure out this man had taken me somewhere and killed me. My hands shook. 
What grade you in? He asked. My voice sounded like a yelp in the back of my throat. Fourth. In the fourth grade, I had a crush on this girl. She looked a little like you. He laughed. I wanted to ask what happened to the girl. Did he kill her? Is she locked in a basement somewhere? He kept talking and driving. He had this look on his face, and when he smiled, I thought he was Satan from my Sunday school class. I promised to God that I would never do this again if this man didn't kill me. Please, God, don't let this man take me away from my mom and dad. You okay? This is the wrong way, I squeezed out. It's a shortcut. He tapped a little rhythm on the wheel. A voice in my head told me to move closer to the door. If I could unlock the lock with my left hand, I could open the door and leap out. If I don't, this man is going to kill me. Everything felt like it was moving fast. My heart pounded in my chest. I cried silently. Snot dribbled down my lip. He stopped the van. I heard the locks click up. We're here. I looked out the passenger window. He pulled up right next to the walkway. The teacher opened the door and waved for me to come in. I jumped out of the van. Hey, he yelled before the van pulled off. Remember, stranger danger, Tara. I'll see you around. He smiled. All the blood drained from my face. How, how did he know my name? I mumbled. I looked up at the teacher, my eyes wide as saucers. Someone new dropping you off at school? She asked. Is this your name on your backpack? She twirled me around. We've warned you about stranger danger. Remember to get your mom to take that off. She closed the door behind us. I shook all the way to class. Thank you so much to our contributing writer, Tracy Cross, for this story. Listener, have you ever been so desperate you did something you knew you shouldn't? Have you ever had a feeling that you were now in danger because of what you did? Tell me about it. Email somethingscary at snarl.com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today 
or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When your mind is haunted, you must exorcise the demons of your imagination. And if you can't, you might just have to live with them forever. Like in our next story, I would have rescued them all from Bram Stoker Award-nominated author R.J. Joseph. I'm your sister. Kamira approached the crying woman slowly, arms out to her sides as if readying for an embrace. She would give one if it was welcome. I'm here to help you. When she stood directly in front of the tombstone the woman sat on, Kamira saw the intricate patterns of her cornrows, coiled around in knots on top of her head. The waning sun shone through those coils, but Kamira paid more attention to the grooves in the headstone that she could see clearly through the woman's lower body. Do you want to sleep forever with our ancestors? Finally, the other woman looked up. Translucent tears streamed down her face, never landing on the ragged dress she wore. Please. Kamira placed her hand where the woman's shoulder appeared. She hadn't braced herself for the jolt of heat that raced through her, straight to her core. She doubled over and struggled to contain the spirit within her body for the duration of the process. Too much sadness. She cried out, relief resting just outside her consciousness that other people never wanted to walk in the places she did when it was so close to dark. No one could hear her work, nor her torment. When the despair eased, she planted her feet apart and raised her arms to the sky. Please accept our sister into your fold. The woman Kamira had absorbed scratched her way up through her legs, swam past her innards, and emerged from her palms, swirling around her fingertips. Go in peace, my sister. The spirit glided upwards until she dissipated in a puff. A single tear escaped Kamira's eye. Even when they wanted to go, they sometimes put up a fight she didn't expect. She had a long night of work ahead of her. She walked through the smaller path she'd seen once before in the cemetery. It was largely overgrown with weeds and surely forgotten by loved ones and town officials alike. Something called her into those trees, beating inside her veins like the drums of ancient Africa, squeezing her heart as if it wanted to take on its rhythm. No spirits met her when she came to a clearing. Crumbled headstones formed haphazard shapes around the tree bases. When the entity slammed into her shoulders from above, she fell to the ground. You ain't no sister of mine. The voice roared outside her head. Something wasn't right. They only ever spoke inside her head, her answers to them the same. Kamira whispered the incantation for protection. A ragged arm emerged from her torso, a large hand wriggling to re-enter her. The words tumbled from her lips, her brain scrambling to remember the stronger appeal to the ancestors she had never needed before then the regular request not expelling the entity quickly enough to prevent her from further pain. 
she implored again and found the spell in the vestiges of her brain, fuzzy as it was with pain. The spirit pounced from her chest whole, angry. He charged her growling. She drew a sigil in her palm with her spit and extended it towards the furious ghost. He recoiled and began stalking her around her in a wide circle. You ain't no sister of mine, he repeated his accusation. Kamira struggled to catch her breath. I want to help you. I don't want your damned help. I got too much left to do. He didn't bother to speak to her in the way of spirits. He continued to communicate as if he were still corporeal. He charged her again, his resulting recoil stronger as Kamira regained some of her strength and brandished her sigil more boldly. Mama taught her about these haints, these ones that didn't want to be dead and gathered strength in death. Kamira had never encountered one in her work and she hoped she could send him on too. Failing to do so might mean her death. She stretched out her free arm. Do you want to sleep forever with our ancestors? I hope them ancestors is burning in hell. They ain't do nothing to help all of us. They talk about rebellion, escaping, cause them folks to kill so many of us. We ain't had to die. He stopped pacing, looking her in the eye for the first time. I ain't dying now. He charged her again, sliding underneath her outstretched arm and into her lower body. Kamira buckled, legs outstretched as the entity surged throughout her body. He avoided the hand with her protection. The entity forced her soul from its own encasing. She was suddenly surrounded by other spirits emerging from the soil. He raised her unprotected hand and beckoned to his ghostly brethren. Come with me, my true brothers and sisters. We can continue our lives of service of survival. Come. Kamira fervently started the one ritual she knew would work at this point. She didn't have any other remedies. It was tainted with dark magic, and she was bound to never use dark magic on her brothers or sisters. But that dude was no brother of hers, with all his ashy talk of accepting slavery. Our beloveds, I come to you as humbly as I know how. Please lend me your grace and your darkness. I beseech you. Kamira's soul screamed throughout the clearing. The broken headstones wobbled and rolled towards the entity inhabiting Kamira's body, surrounding the flesh so it could not escape. Her body convulsed and twitched, falling to the dirt without the entity in residence. Souls crowded outside the circle reaching for the soul standing inside. He wailed, unable to get back inside the body and unable to leave the circle of punishment. Kamira's spirit re-entered her body and slid beyond the stones. Fire leapt from the fingertips of the spirits just outside the circle. Kamira saw that these were more solid, more ancient than those on the outer layers. These were her beloved ancestors. They made a barrier so their ignorant kindred stayed away from the fire, unharmed. But the spirit inside the circle burned, screaming in agony. 
Chimaira felt no pity for him. Neither did the ancestors. They continued to burn the fire until the afflicted spirit was disintegrated into nothingness. Chimaira didn't know where he went. She didn't care. Her concern was her brethren whom she helped to ascend. She had never witnessed souls going elsewhere. It wasn't her path to send them there on her own. She slowly carried her aching body to the outskirts of the circle as the ancestors started to dissipate. Each one opened their arms to one of the other spirits and took them along as they ascended. Kamira approached the last two spirits. Do you want to sleep forever with our ancestors? They came into her willingly. She sent them into the night. Kamira sighed heavily. Aching, she retraced her steps out of the clearing. The sun had gone down completely, but she didn't need any outside light. She would see them when she needed to. It was her job. She had a long night of work ahead of her. Thank you so much to our contributing writer, R.J. Joseph. Do you think you would be able to physically handle Kamira's job if you were given that power, that responsibility to help release those that were bound to this plane? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're home alone, it's hard to remember your common sense. But if you don't, your life will be at risk. Like in this story based on true events told to us by Allie J. It was a dark February evening. My girlfriend Shay and I were cuddled up on the couch watching movies. We were waiting for my sister to get home from basketball and my mom to bring home dinner. In the middle of the movie, the doorbell rang. I walked into the living room and looked through the peephole on the front door. I saw a man I didn't recognize, about mid-fifties, dressed in a dark brown winter coat. Who is it? The stranger replied. It's Vince from down the street. Can I come in? I opened the door, but quickly realized I didn't know that name. Luckily, the screen door was locked. I asked politely what he needed. Your mom wanted me to clean the gutters. She promised to pay me. Can I come in? What? 
Why would my mom want some guy to clean the gutters when she had me? And in the middle of the winter? No, something was off. My mom isn't home. She'll be back later, I said, instantly regretting telling a stranger I was essentially home alone. I saw Shay out of the corner of my eye, face palm and shake her head. The man groaned, irritated, and asked if I could call her. I told him I wasn't supposed to unless it was an emergency. The truth was, I didn't have a cell. And I didn't need him to know the closest phone was all the way in the kitchen. He nodded without another word and turned to leave. I closed the door and sat back down with Shay. Not two minutes later, another knock was on the door. Not again. I crept over to the peephole. There was no one there. Hello? I called shakily. It's me, my little sister replied. I threw open the door and almost jumped out of my skin. The creepy man was still there too, lurking at the bottom of the steps. I quickly unlocked the screen door and hurried my sister in. He rushed back up the steps, but I locked both doors before he could get in. I hugged her, made sure she was okay. She was, but said that guy kept asking where mom was. I felt my stomach drop. Why was he so persistent? It couldn't be money. We barely had any. My sister picked up the house phone to call my mom, but just as she did, the power went out. I heard her yell from the kitchen and ran to the window, then froze. There he was, standing by her mailbox, waiting, looking right at me. I couldn't move, even if I wanted to. I felt paralyzed, just staring back at him. This next part haunts my nightmares till today. He gave me a stretched out, open mouth grin and widened his eyes. It was unnatural, freakish, shouldn't have been possible. I didn't alert the others because I didn't want to scare them any more than they already were. I could barely breathe. He then turned around slowly and walked away back down the street. Not even a half hour later, my mom arrived home. We told her about Vince, the creepy man who was waiting for her. She looked at us all like we were crazy and said, I don't know any Vince. We never saw him again. Thank you so much, Allie J, for sharing with us this very creepy, very unsettling encounter. To this day, Allie J still doesn't know what Vince wanted. What do you think was drawing this Vince to that house? When people gather for scary stories, it's thrilling to learn about all the terrifying urban legends people know from their hometowns. But you'll never know which of them are real until it's too late. Due to public health mandates and then a huge renovation, Camp Chattaranda in Illinois had been shut for two summers. So when the camp announced a limited reopening, one dozen teenagers, anxious to be reunited with their old pals, jumped at the chance to attend. The first week was filled with kayaking, campfires, and s'mores. Late one night, 
and Cabin Bluethorn, when all the adults and counselors were hopefully fast asleep. Six of the twelve campers used the Ouija board, played light as a feather, stiff as a board, and then started telling scary stories. The night was off to a fun start, but when Joelle began to tell her story, the others grew quiet. Joelle shared an urban legend that she had just learned of. Candyman. A man with a hook for a hand and a taste for murder. Among other things, he was known to lure kids with candy, and if his hook didn't get you, a swarm of bees would. The others held their breath as Joelle said that she'd been told that there was one way to guarantee a meeting with Candyman but only if you were brave enough to do it. You have to say his name, Candyman, five times while looking into a mirror. Her friends chuckled at the absurdity of the tale before quickly looking around for a mirror. The only one big enough they could find was in the cabin's bathroom, and there was no way they'd all fit in there. So, closing the door to the small bathroom, Joelle instead suggested using the selfie feature on her phone. That way, the entire group could do it together, which was great, as no one wanted to do it alone. They huddled around Joelle's phone, everyone in frame, their faces reflected back at themselves, waiting. And so, it began. In unison, they chanted, Candyman, 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 Candyman. Everyone took a breath and looked at each other. Should they? Candy, just then, a shadow moved quickly in the selfie frame behind them. They all jumped and screamed, scrambling and searching around. Outside the window was Leisha, another camper. Behind her in the distance were the other campers playing hide-and-seek with flashlights. She asked what they were doing. Joelle explained, asking if she wanted to join them. Nope, she said, running back to the game outside. So after calming down and regrouping, it was time to try again. They all huddled in and began their chant, this time at a faster pace. They said his name once, twice, four times, then all together for a fifth time. Candyman. For a brief moment, nothing happened. Until they all began to giggle. How ridiculous they all felt for believing in such a made-up story. Then the bathroom door flew open the force of it making the wooden door splinter against the wall. Standing there, cloaked in darkness, was a figure. It was well over six feet tall, wearing a long coat with wool lapels. Slowly, stepping out of the small enclosed space, it raised its arm, revealing a hook embedded into the stump. A deep, rusty voice answered, Yes. The teens scattered, screaming. One teenager raced for the door, but with a swift swing of his arm, Candyman gutted her. To 
Two others were trying to escape out the window, but his hook ended up in both of their backs, impaling them like cattle about to be hung. While retrieving his hook out of their bodies, the three remaining campers made it outside, crying for help. They kept looking back at the cabin, but he wasn't coming after them. The other campers ran over, unsure what to believe, but seeing there was trouble, grabbing their crying friends as they yelled about the man who came out of the bathroom. They all headed towards the counselor's cabin in the distance. Suddenly, they heard humming coming from Cabin Bluethorn. Ow! Joelle looked at her arm. She'd been stung. Bees! She screamed. Everyone took off running, but the swarm separated the three survivors from the others. Over 5,000 bees moved like one giant body, stinging the remaining selfie campers from Cabin Bluethorn. All the others could do was run for help. Within minutes, there was silence. The remaining bees flew off into the night, and all that remained were three almost unrecognizable, bloated and punctured bodies. No hook-handed man was ever found. No one brought to justice for the murders. The bees could not be explained even by nature experts. As for the six other campgoers, well, they'll be staying at home next summer, staying far away from reflective surfaces and will never, ever dare to say his name. Just in case he's waiting to finish off the job. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Janine Pipe. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you'd like to support Something Scary and all the work we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. And if you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.